Lunchtime hour, Mutt and Lou, 93.7 WEEI, giving you two chances to win Celtic Suite tickets already. Got another chance in the 1 o'clock hour on this Valentine's Day, 2012. We'll get to all your phone calls. Start a lot with the baseball here early in the Red Sox and the ownership, what you look for out of, of owners. Bruins play a big one tonight against the Rangers. And joining us, Nesson's Barry Peterson. He's on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4G LTE with speeds up to 10 times faster than 3G AT&T. Rethink possible. Barry, reading a lot about Claude Julian turning up the intensity on the Bruins' practices the last week or so. Is that a common practice when you get to this point in the season, early February, a couple of months to go before the playoffs? Do you have to sort of remind your team the intensity level they need to play with the rest of the way? Well, you hope you don't have to, but I think it's a situation where the Bruins have been playing so poorly the last uh, three weeks or so. They needed a bit of a wake-up call. It's very similar to what they had, I think, at the end of October when they weren't playing very good hockey. They lost those uh, back-to-back games against Montreal. That was kind of the bottom. I think the coach got their attention then, and from there they went on that great run, of course, in November and December. And they've kind of lost their way a little bit here. And uh, I think, uncharacteristically, uh, Bruin uh, game has disappeared where they're just not playing good, solid team defense. Uh, goaltending has not been as strong as it had been, but I think that's more of the play of the guys in front of them. And I think, most importantly, they just haven't had that urgency, that uh, tempo uh, where it was so strong, where they were coming at you in waves, playing good uh, five-on-five hockey and, and attacking. They've kind of been sitting back, and I think uh, one of the other aspects that the coach really, I think, in these situations kind of dwells on is they take a lot of retaliatory penalties, hmm. and it's time to initiate, not retaliate. So that's, those are the things they've kind of been working on. You know, they've struggled lately, and I'm not one to say that uh, everything that's happened with Tim Thomas has, has been a distraction at this point. Maybe it's leading to that. At what point do you think – would it become that? I mean, as far as if he continues with this, do you think that they're feeling it all in the in, in the locker room? No, I don't think it's a problem, Lou. I, again, I have a little different bet on it. Uh, I think the media is making a lot of it, but I think Timmy's not really helping the situation by going onto a public mm-hmm. place on Facebook and, and doing this. Uh, this is a veteran team that uh, knows how to handle adversity. It's gone through the Savard situation, the Bergeron concussion situation as well. You know, they've been down two games to Montreal, two games to Vancouver, and, of course, win the Cup. This is a very strong, mentally tough team with a lot of veterans. But that being said, you can see now as the, as the questioning starts to pick up, the guys don't look all that um, comfortable with it for obvious reasons. And I would think somewhere in here there'll be some discussions with Timmy, maybe with some of the guys talking about it, and maybe see if they can come to a different conclusion. But I don't think it's a problem yet. But if it continues, I think it will become one. Barry Titrick, you say some of the guys. Do you think that conversation would happen with the teammates, guys that they have mutual respect for? Would it ever come from the Bruins front office that has seemed, to me, a little bit put off that this has become such a a public issue with their goaltender? Well, I don't think the Bruins office made any um, bones about it and let everybody know they've been talking about it before the Washington game for at least, I think, six weeks. So everyone was aware of what was going on, and they've talked to them. But they also... Uh, I give the uh, organization a lot of uh, compliments on this. They've handled this, to me, like adults, uh, very mature. They understand that it is uh, somebody's freedom of speech. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Lou, but when I played, thank God we didn't have all this public forum because I, I, I don't go on it right now. I guess I'm old school. But, man, to think of what, what some players say, and, what's on, and mm-hmm. away from Timmy's situation completely, but watching what some players are saying and doing while games are going on, while playoffs are happening, while it's just it's just crazy to me. But that's just me, I guess I'm old school. Yeah, I know it does. It makes it a lot harder to for for that old saying, you know, what happens in the clubhouse, yeah. the locker room stays there. Well when you get Twitter and everybody out there talking too much, it kinda lends to that. Now with this team, 
because they're struggling. I look at their schedule, Barry, and I kind of like this. I mean, they have you know, what, what a perfect way to step out of it. A lot of people think, okay, you're struggling. You don't want to face the iron right now. But this is probably a perfect time to go out and, and face the Rangers tonight. And then even beyond that, a six-day road trip, a six-game road trip, rather, I love that. Because now these guys just spend time together. That's all they're focused on in hockey. It's a good time to kind of turn things around. Yeah, I agree. I think if you look at last year, for example, when did they really start to turn things around? When they went on that West Coast trip just before the trade deadline, of course, you know, you added uh, Peverly and you added some of the other pieces in there that really have kind of made this team, uh, Chris Kelly, that have really made solidified this team for the playoff run. I think they need it right now for not only the reasons that you mentioned, but, you know, when you go on the road, your attention to detail, I think, is a little bit, uh, brought to the forefront. You're you're supposed to go in there and you're going to be playing Bruin hockey, which means you're going to be playing up tempo, team defense, good goaltending, specialty teams. You're on the road. It's going to be a little bit harder for you to do your matchups for your shutdown for Chara or Seidenberg, for example. They're going to have to pay attention to detail. When the Bruins play like that, there is no other team in this league that's as good as they are five on five. We're talking to Barry Peterson, and you mentioned the trading deadline last year. Look for the the casual fan, guys like Peverly, guys like Chris Kelly. Wow. Were, were not they weren't household names, Barry. When you look at team needs this year, eleven days out, ten days out from trading deadline, two thousand twelve. How do you rank this team's team needs heading into that deadline? Well, I thought the one thing that became pretty evident when Andrew Ferentz was out is that they're going to need to have a left-handed defenseman, uh, and I think they can go around and, and fill that throughout the league. Uh, there's a lot of teams I think that will be sellers. You can go in and get that. I was kind of looking maybe like a Gleason down in Carolina. He was a player that I was very interested in for, for this team to pick up. Um, it, I'm not as worried about the right-hand side because I think Seidenberg obviously can play the offside, but the right-handed shots have a real tough time going over to that left side, so I want to get a guy there. I also have Dougie Hamilton coming up uh, from junior for next year, so I don't want to overpay on that position. And then I think the difficult part for Peter Shirelli and his team is what, that you also see throughout the league is you're sitting here trying to make some decisions regarding concussions. You know, is this a concussion where I think the guy's going to be back in a month, mm-hmm. two weeks, a day, or is he going to have to shut it down for the year? And it's not only Nathan, of course, it's throughout the league. I mean, think about the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins with Crosby. I mean, Crosby comes back and he's able to play. To me, they, along with the Rangers and the Bruins, are the three favorites in the East. Uh, but do I sit there and make a change not knowing what he's going to do? I really think that the concussions really throw a wrench into uh, – and some question marks into this year's trade deadline. Yeah, Nathan Horton, I think, is a big question for this team. Yeah. You know, that might be a need. When, you know, you look at that team last year, and you hadn't won a cup, and but you like the core of it. This year's team's different. You want a Stanley Cup. You love the core. Now, some of the moves they made last year, they got Kelly for a second-round pick. You know, you get Peverly for Stewart and Wheeler. Can this team go out there and get those pieces without giving up some of that core? Well, you hope so. I don't really think there's enough desperation yet because uh, you need some more sellers, I think, to get uh, to get that situation. What I really liked about Peter Shirelli's move away from the Cabriolet move, and, I, and at the time I was one of the guys, like everybody else, that thought it would be helpful and, and a good move. My only complaint was I thought they should have signed him to a longer-term deal before they made the deal, so thank God they didn't do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the things that I like about his pickups uh, at the deadline with Kelly and Peverly was that he didn't get into rent-a-player. Rent a he went out. He saw some needs. He saw some teams that were a little bit desperate that wanted to maybe get rid of some salary cap. They were trying to rebuild themselves. And I thought he took advantage of a situation where he was able to make his team better for years to come. Where you look at the Blackhawks who won a couple years ago, I mean, they made an outright run to win the cup, and things fell into place. 
and they were able to do it. But that summer, they lost seven to nine players. Hmm. The Bruins, to me, were a team that was being built for the long term. And, oh, by the way, along the way, they won a cup. And, I mean, that to me as a Bruins fan, what uh, makes it exciting for me to go over the TD Garden is this is a team, barring injury, that is set up to be good for a long time. Bear, we know Tim Thomas has that uh, trade block in his contract that is up July 1st. You're hearing a guy like Rick Nash might be available now, that in the last 24 hours his name has come back on the market. In any scenario, do you see the Bruins dealing one of their goaltenders to bring in one of those premier Rick Nash type of players for the deadline? Well, I think with, with Nash it would have to be one of those goaltenders. So do I think it's possible? Yeah, sure, it's possible. I just don't know if Columbus is going to do it yet. And I think it, when you do give up a goaltender like that, what you're probably going to have to end up doing is bringing back another goaltender in return, right? Because you're not just going to be giving up salary. But, uh, you know, management makes no bones of it like every other good management should, which is you're listening to every deal, and if you think it's going to better your team, you're going to do it. But I have a real hard time envisioning Tim Thomas leaving this team with what he had accomplished last year, I think what he's still capable of doing. He's one of those three or four guys that can take you to the promised land. And, oh, by the way, that guy they're facing tonight is probably capable of it as well. I'll give you some names. You mentioned Gleason before. We've heard uh, your shot maybe bring a guy like Knubel back who's been inactive, uh, hasn't dressed. Route 2 goes down last night with, uh, I don't know, his lower body injury, yeah. I think it was. Going back to Knubel, you got a guy like Jeff Schultz. Maybe Washington packages these guys. Get me. What are some realistic names? Well, I, I think the same number of names that you're looking at, I really like Knubel. I think Knubel would do a lot of things for me. First of all, he's very familiar with the area, was very popular here as a player. He's a tough guy. He can play. I think he still has the offensive uh, weapons that he could play on the first line if he had to fill in there or was very capable of playing on the third line. He can play left wing. He can play right wing. And he is, to me, a guy that you could also maybe look at on the power play. He's one of those guys that will go stand in front of the net and take a lot of punishment. And, again, I think this team needs right now, you know, we were looking last year, we were kind of talking, oh, man, they need some scoring. Their power play is terrible. Well, you know what, their power play is all right. I don't think it's still hitting on all cylinders, but it's getting better. But offense has not been a problem for this team. We would not have said that a year ago. This is a team, to me, that needs maybe like a role player, like you mentioned, Rutu. Rutu's pretty good offensively, but he's got an edge to him as well. And you're also looking for those guys that, you know, that maybe can give you like a Kelly and a Peverly, they're not only good players offensively, but they know what to do when the game is tight. They can win those playoff games for you. They both have edges. They uh, are great team players. And obviously, coming from Ottawa and from Atlanta, they were well scouted. Bear, are you hearing anything about what the Bruins expect out of Nathan Horton? Can we even guess when or if this guy will be back this year for the Bees? No, I have no idea. I think you guys are hearing the same things that, I, that I've been hearing. I think, again, that's what makes it frustrating for, for everybody, including Nathan, of course, is that you just don't know how this is going to take. Some days you have good days and you're having bad days. And, of course, uh, Mark was in town. Mark Savard was in town You know, not that long ago. We interviewed him, and the poor guy just looks like he's continuing to try and find his way, and your heart goes out to him. And uh, it's one of those times uh, that, you know, as an athlete, you're just trying to hope that people get uh, – get better first, and then you start worrying about the athletics. 
But again, it's not only a problem here, it's a problem throughout the league. You know, I'm just thinking about this matchup tonight against the Rangers. I'm oh. trying to envision a seven-game series oh. with these guys. Two to one, three to two, overtime games. You know, it just it, it it's inevitable that every at the beginning of every year you'll sit down, you'll take a look at the at the Eastern Conference, and you'll say, okay, who, who's gonna who made the big splash in the off season? The Rangers. The Rangers always <laughs> get the guy that does the offense, right? But this year, I thought they got a better uh, rounded player in Brad Richards. But more importantly, up front, they got some health. Marion Gaverick and, and Ryan Callahan are doing a great job. But what makes this team to me unique is that this team is built from the backside just like the Bruins. I mean, to me, you've got one of the best goaltenders in the world in Lundquist. You've got an extraordinarily underrated defense, one through six. Uh, Girardi, who is you know, just maybe a notch below Achara on shutdown, but he's right there. Mark Stahl has come back. Delzato's returned to his form after an off year last year. Ryan McDonough is playing very solid. This is a team that's physical. They're well coached. I think John Tortorella looks for the same things that Claude Julien does in his team. Uh, they're heavy on their stick. They know how to battle. They're, uh, they're tested every night. They're in a tough division. Uh, these guys, I think, are the real deal, and if they can stay healthy, they, Boston, if Crosby comes back for Pittsburgh, they're going to be the favorites because they can beat you in a one nothing game. They can beat you in a 5-4 game, and they can match any physicality that you can throw at them. Barry, last one for me. Their 77 points represent a 7-point lead over the Bruins. It's a pretty decent-sized margin with 30 games to go. Are they that good? Are they 7 points better? Is that inflated at all, or is this Ranger team just that good? No, I think, I think it is just because they've been more consistent. Uh, the Bruins had that slow start. You know, which really hurt them in October. Then, of course, they got really hot. But to me, the Rangers are there because they're the number. You know, they've been number one or number two in goals against all season long. The Bruins now have slipped down to fourth, and I think for them to find their way, and like Lou had mentioned, getting on the road, playing that good defense, they need to get back up in there. They need to be able to to shut teams down to 24 shots a game, not 40 a game. Go out and play like they did against Nashville. Becca Rennie was the guy, of course, that made the uh, the big difference in that game. But that was a, a game to me where the, the Bruins deserved to win. The last X the Buffalo game, which hopefully was a bottom uh, for them, start, you're starting to see some signs that they're ready to come back. They haven't done it yet for 60 minutes. That's what they've got to get back to. Uh, we're going to see with a red tie on TV tonight for Valentine's Day, Barry? <laughs> well, I'm not doing the game tonight, but I'm sure you're going to see red ties. And uh, I'm going to be doing the instigators after the game. But, yeah, there'll be red ties not only in our booth, but I'm sure throughout the, uh, the building. Big one for Nesson tonight. What a game this will be for Bruins fans, Bruins and Rangers. Barry Peters, you see him on Nesson. You'll see him on instigators tonight. After the game, Barry, thank you so much. We'll talk to you down the road. My pleasure, guys. Have a good one. He's the right. best. Barry Peterson of Nesson, and what a spot for Nesson tonight. Uh, this, is, this is a big game. I mean, these Bruins games all year, look at the ratings numbers they've done in regular season ratings. They are blowing away what they've done, and they, they do a good job on the telecast, and you got Bruins and Rangers tonight on a Tuesday. This is going to be a gargantuan number. Maybe mm-hmm. not a Grammys number, Lou, like the Grammys did the other night, record-setting, but... This will be 25.8, I think number. it was, overnight, oh. which is double. I think they had it. Double, double the game five Celtics of the NBA Lakers finals. game five finals a couple years ago. Double. Finally watched it, by the way, last night. It was good. The Grammys? Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us a breakdown? Adele, check plus? Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Do you think her voice is the same? I'm used to a little more twang. I don't know. She was good, though. It was great. I need more of this. Maloney breaking down uh, voices well, on the Grammys. Saying, you know. Uh, we'll continue with your phone calls. A huge one for the Bruins tonight. 617-779-0850. Toll free 888-525-0850. Celtics tickets next hour and before 2 o'clock. Nice edition of Ask Randy Anything.